Welcome to the Hyperbeat Podcast. Each episode, we chat with fitness professionals to get the story behind the business they created. All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 20 of the Hyperbeat Podcast. Today, we'll be chatting with Chris Dawson, owner, founder of Authentic Health Studio, located here in Melbourne. Chris gives us a behind-the-curtain view of what it's like to own and operate an independent gym, offering some detailed insights for anyone considering opening their own gym. My first question to Chris, when did you know fitness was going to be your career? I suppose, like, I, I knew at a pretty young age I wanted to be in this kind of industry, but I had a lot of injuries when I was younger and it kind of put me off going into it, thinking mm-hmm. I couldn't do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't actually start in the fitness industry until poor, I was about 23, I think it was, a little bit later than a lot of people. Um, but I went through um, being a gym manager at Anytime Fitness, then I went over uh, and I was a fitness director at Good Life, um, and during those roles I was PTing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been doing it 12, 12 years, and I kind of got to that point where I was like, I, I almost think of myself as unemployable, I suppose, from working for other people. I, yeah, I got sick of, um, you know, being told what to do and how yeah. to do things and I had my own ideas on how things should be done. And um, so I got to that point where I was getting really probably frustrated and a little bit disenchanted with my roles that I had at these corporate gyms. Um, so that's when I decided, like, all right, cool, I've always talked the talk. I kept on telling people that I'm going to open my own gym one day and I've been doing it for a few years and I was yeah. got to that point where I was like... Either do it or shut up. So um, was there one specific moment that was kind of that lead instigator to go, right, this is the path I'm going to take? Uh, or was it a build-up of things? I think it was just a build-up of frustration. Yep. Like I got to that point where I was going home to – or she was my girlfriend at the time, not, um, but I was going home to Talisha and I was kind of like – I was just stressed all the time. She even yep. said to me, she's like, you'd come home, you're angry, um, you weren't enjoying your role. There was – you know, I was having to – do things a particular way in the corporate gym space which I didn't necessarily agree with myself um, in terms of the way that I was having to message the messaging I was having to give to personal trainers a personal trainer manager mm-hmm. you know sales the way that we were getting taught to sell things like this it just didn't feel very authentic to me I suppose um, so you got to that point where that build up that frustration and it literally I went home one day um, and even though I was stressed and that I said to Alicia I just quit and she's like, oh, you just quit? Uh, yeah. Really? I, I just, just out of the blue like that? I went, I'm, oh, I'm wow. quitting. Okay. Um, so I gave my notice and all that. And then I went home and told my, my then fiancé that I'd done that. So she wasn't super impressed about that. Um, <laughs> and she goes, okay, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to open my own gym. All right. <laughs> Did you have a plan in place at that no. point or just, just off the cuff? Yeah, yep. off, cool. off the cuff. Cool. Like yeah. I, was, I knew working in an independent gym um, for about probably 12 to 18 months, I'd managed an independent gym for a, okay. a friend. Yep. Um, so you I, had an understanding of, of, of how a gym runs and, and yeah. how it should run. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like I've, yeah. I've been like I've been in the gym space now for before I opened this place, nine years. Yeah. Okay. So I'd had a pretty good understanding. Like I'd been in some sales roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd managed a, a Anytime Fitness, so mm-hmm. I had a really good understanding of the day-to-day sort of mm-hmm. running of that. Mm-hmm. Did that prepare me for opening my own gym? <laughs> Not even no close. <laughs> um, but... You know, like I wasn't going into it completely blind. I think a lot of yep. PTs kind of 
that are just personal trainers um, go and open their own gym and they probably have more of a shock than maybe yeah, what okay. I did. You went out and found a space. Like, was it a lag between you've quit your job um, and then starting a business takes time, right? Yeah. So how, what was the window of time before you actually got up and running and you opened your door on that day one? Yeah, it was about three months. Yeah, right. Um, so I had to give a month notice mm-hmm. uh, and... Basically, the day I quit, I started looking at sites, like potential sites. Yep. Started kind of thinking about what I would need from a site as well. Um, so things like parking, mm-hmm. um, foot traffic, mm-hmm. all these type of things that, you know, I obviously Google searched and what you should be looking for when you open a gym and yep. um, doing these kind of things. But, um, yeah, it was probably about three months from the day that I quit at Good Life to the mm-hmm. day that I opened up my own space. Uh but I pretty much PT'd up until the week that I opened my studio. All oh, right, so you had some PT clients as well to kind of open keep, up with, keep the momentum going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was very lucky and fortunate um, that I had a lot of loyal clients. Like I've been in Melbourne from Adelaide um, for six years, and I've pretty much a lot of my clients that I've got now have been with me that mm-hmm. whole six oh, wow. years. Okay. So yep. I've got a lot of loyal clients, which made it a lot easier to make that decision. That okay, yep. I'm gonna. I kind of done the math on like, all right, cool, I can afford to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was my first thing. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, it's, you know, the first 12 months, we didn't take a lot of money out of the place. Mm-hmm. So, I wish I was probably a lot more organised and um, took a little bit more of a, a bigger view of it all. Yeah. Um, because it was a bit of an emotional decision, yeah, I suppose. Right. Like, I got pissed off with where I was. Yeah. Um, I was frustrated and I just went, that's enough. So if you had your time over, you may have taken a little bit longer maybe to build up some cash reserves for it or something like that. It wasn't the money. I'd saved up a lot of money. Okay. okay. So the money money issue was not a thing for me. I was very fortunate in the fact that I'd I'd been saving for a long time. Okay. Um, It was more the organisation. Like I I thought I knew a, a lot about running a gym, but... Like the, as we've discussed, you know, in, in training before, it's the marketing and it's the, you know, the branding and mm. it's the um, human resource, like managing PTs. Like you're no longer just managing yourself, yeah. you're managing a lot of trainers. Yeah, a lot um, of time goes into that. Yeah. yeah, so it's all that sort of stuff and you constantly feel like, oh, yeah, I'm getting on top of the um, the marketing at the moment and you've dropped the ball with your PTs mm, or yeah. you feel like, all right, cool, I'm getting the PTs pulling in the right direction and you drop yep. the ball with the marketing. So it's been able to juggle everything at once as a business owner. That's mm-hmm. the challenge. So how, how have you gone about doing that then? Yeah, well, some of it has been like it's still happening at this particular time. Like we've been open three years now mm-hmm. um, and I'm still working on some of those things. Like I don't feel like I'm 100% on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's getting people in um, as my, I've got a business coach at the moment. So that was probably one of the first things that yeah, right. I got into was like, yeah. all right, cool. I need help. Yep. Um, I think that's the first decision is I was very stubborn at the start. I can do this all on my own. So um, how did you go about finding a business coach? It's quite an interesting point. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing for me was I've always been really interested in learning from other good coaches. Yep. Um, so there's a couple of coaches that I follow and I'd bought programs from for my own training and um, I'd, you know, researched and learnt about how they ran their gym and I just kept on seeing this one name come up, um, this, this business coach over in America. Um, you know, he's got 
numerous gyms that are that have been put up on men's health and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I was like, geez, this guy must be good. Like I'm seeing him pop up in multiple places. Are you happy name? Yeah. There? Yep. Pat Rigsby is his name. Yep. Um, so over in America, he's quite big. I think the reason we probably don't hear as much about him here in Australia is just the time difference. Yeah. Okay, um, right. You know, it's like I've got to get up at three, four o'clock in the morning for my Zoom calls. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah which right. you've got to be... You know, I suppose you've got to be super committed to yeah, you got to be motivated <laughs> to get up at that time. Um, but it kind of got to that point where I'd probably dealt with some coaches here in Australia where I wasn't necessarily happy with what I was getting. Um, so I started looking outside of here and yep. um, been super happy with that. So I think that's helped me big time as well. I also just like in America with the with the fitness industry. I think it's a little bit more mature. Okay. I think the Australian fitness industry is probably still. You know, it's still young and um, still learning a lot. So I think over in America, they're a little bit more advanced in the way that they run their their businesses and stuff like that in yeah. our industry. So yeah, cool. Um, so you're based on Mount Alexander Road in Essendon. Yeah, yep. Um, so that site that you've got, how did you pick that one as the one that you were going to um, <laughs> set up in? It's a funny story. I uh, I went there the first time and I called my uh, my fiance afterwards. I said, Nah. It sucks. It's too small. Um, Nut can't do it. So we kept on looking, um, and I looked at other sites. Like we looked at a fair few warehouses, which seems oh, yeah. to be the, the common yeah. thing that a lot of gyms will do. Yeah. Um, especially like though. CrossFit brands yeah. and stuff like that seem to do a lot of that. Yeah. And then um, the whole concept of and the person that I was trying to target when I opened my gym was someone that was like my wife. So okay. I actually. Um, said to her, I was like, you know, would you train in this environment? And she's like, nah, I wouldn't train in like a big warehouse gym mm-hmm. where I feel like a bit of a deer in the spotlight mm-hmm. sort of thing. So we actually went for a smaller studio. Um, so the one that I said no to, I actually ended up going back and going, well, it's on Mount Alexander Road. It's got heaps yep, of foot traffic. Yep, yep. We've got amazing car parking. Um, you know, we put a shower in. We didn't have a shower at the time, but that was really important as well. Um, so we're really trying to target a certain sort of person and we felt like yep this is probably not going to be our forever home um but it's probably a pretty good place to start for somebody like myself yeah it's quite interesting that you've um actively used the building as a like a a marketing piece almost yeah yeah Yeah. i i didn't know it at the time yeah Um, yeah, in in reflection yeah yeah, Yeah. definitely and it's actually come about a lot of times when i'm seeking feedback from our current clients Mm. Um, is that they love the fact that they don't feel like a deer in a spotlight. Mm, mm. Uh, and that's the common thing that we hear is like, I'd never train in a big gym where I'm kind of in the middle and there's people training around me yeah, and things right. like that. Yep. So it is a small studio. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, we focus on personalization and, and keeping things, what's the word, intimate, I suppose, is, yeah, is the real definitely. theme of the place. Yeah. Um, so some people walk in, we get a lot of, you know, if we do get sort of, I hate to stereotype, I suppose, but younger clients um, coming in, it's generally they don't stick around very long. Mm-hmm. They might be after a bit more of a, a gym like an F45 or something yeah, where okay. it's a bigger space and a lot of younger people and it's real high intensity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't have that. We're more of that, you know, 30 to 50-year-old business executives. We've got CEOs. We've got mums and dads, um, time-poor people yep. tends to be our thing. Um, and they're paying for that one-on-one service mm. or if it's not one-on-one, it's very much that personalization mm. um, and they, they kind of want that attention to detail. So what's your overarching uh, coaching philosophy? Yeah, I, I suppose uh, you put this on me earlier and I was actually thinking about what my philosophy is and I, th- I suppose the big thing for me is it's changed a lot since I was 
I started in the industry 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think your philosophy almost follows your journey mm -hmm. in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I first started out 23, it was all about how I looked and, um, you know, it was about training people to look as best as they can. And, you know, you have these views on nutrition and what that's got to look like. And, and as I've changed and I'm now a father myself and I'm time poor and <laughs> all these business stuff, owner yeah. and a business owner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, your philosophy changes. And I suppose my philosophy is in helping people be as healthy as possible um, with the time that they have available. Now, that's where the name Authentic Health um, came from, is that we believe at Authentic Health that fitness is authentic to everybody. They all have the kind of their own expectations and what they want their fitness to look like. Mm -hmm. Some people might come to you and they want to lose 40, 50 kilos, but somebody else might come to you that wants to lose one and that's just as important yeah. for that person yeah, okay. as the 40 or 50 kilos. So yep. it's about being healthy. It's about helping people meet their expectations of their own fitness and not placing our expectations on our clients. So yeah, I think nice. that's really important as yeah, well. Cool. Um, would you say you skew more female or more male or are you trying to change that uh, approach at the moment? Yeah, well, we've always been very female dominant. It's probably been, I would say, maybe 80-20 in okay. terms of women to men. I've definitely found um, through my own individual Instagram I've probably targeted a lot more and my messaging's been a lot more at dads and things like okay, that because yeah, cool. it's probably something that I'm super passionate yeah. about is yep. helping people get fit as the foundation. Like when you're fit and healthy, you can be a better father, yeah. you can be a better business owner, you can be all these type of things. So mm -hmm. I am getting a lot more men in my own one-on-one -on -one stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the business itself is definitely um, a lot more women. I, I have a bit of a theory on that. I think women are a lot more inclined to reach out for help when they yeah. need it with okay. something, yep. whether I think men are kind of a little bit more, I don't want to use the word ego, but maybe just a little bit more inclined to try and do everything themselves. Yeah. yeah. And that was my case with the business as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I can do this, I can do the marketing, I can do the sales, I don't need help from anybody. Mm -hmm. When I got to that point where I was like, all right, come on. <laughs> so um, the marketing itself then, do you want to talk a little bit about how you're approaching it, you know, is it through social media? Is it a lot of local-based stuff? Mm. How are you actually um, going about that? Yeah, so we, we built up in, I suppose, my experience talking to other gym owners and things like that is we've actually built a lot quicker than probably a lot of gyms, but it was purely based on referrals. Um, you know, we met you obviously through M. Yep. Um, we met, you know, a lot of our clients through their husbands, their wives, mm -hmm. these sort of things. So we're getting a lot of referrals. That's how we built to the, the place we are now. We've always focused largely on social media. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we've always, our focus of social media and our marketing, I suppose, has always been on providing as much value as possible, giving away as much information mm -hmm. as possible. That's yeah, a really good tactic. And then hoping that if that information helps enough people and they decide like, right, cool, I'm ready to join a gym yep. or we're going to be the first place they, yeah. they come to. So that's been our philosophy on marketing have we got heaps of, you know, new clients through our marketing? It could definitely be better. There's mm. no doubt about it. Like there's, you know, as we were speaking about off, off mic earlier, is that like I think that, you know, at times when I've been really focused on my clients, I've dropped the ball with my marketing. Mm. And um, when I've been really focused on marketing, I've dropped the ball with my clients mm. or mm. My, my PTs and things like that. So my goal at the moment with marketing is we're going to bring somebody like a virtual marketing manager on, somebody yeah, cool. that can help assist with that. Yep. We've tried bringing on um, an agency before and I just found that there was a lot of disconnect between what 
what I wanted my brand and my business to represent and what they were actually putting out mm. there. So that yeah. was something I had to be careful of as well. Yeah. Um, whether I think having somebody come in and actually almost be a part of your business, you know, having regular meetings with and having them help you implement a strategy is probably a, a bit better for a business like mine. So you're currently in the process of organising that? Yeah, yeah, I had a meeting this morning. Yeah, um, yeah how it? <laughs> how's it going? It's yeah. been time consuming. Like this, <laughs> this started a month ago in terms of interviewing people. And when I started doing it, I didn't. I thought I was after an agency again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I spoke to agencies, and I, you know, some of them were off put by the fact that I'm working with Pat Rigsby and that we oh, have really, yeah, yeah, because yeah, right. they want to do things their way, which okay. I kind of get as well. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of agencies and things were you know, this is what we do and this is how we do it and da 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 whether I was kind of after somebody that had a bit of a hybrid, you know, like they come in and have a look at my business and they go, righty cool, this is what you are currently doing and this is what we like and this is what we're going to continue doing. These are some of my ideas around helping you grow your business. You know, this is what we can use. This is what we probably need to implement, that sort of thing. So that's why I found that a virtual marketing manager was probably better for us because I'm not after someone just to come and work in the background and be forgotten about which yeah, seems okay. to be what a lot yeah. of agents just work do. for a small amount of time as well like you want them there for a longer period yeah yeah exactly learn right. about your business yeah correct and one of the biggest things that we've even spoken about with a lot of these virtual marketing managers is we want someone to treat it like it's their place of employment mm-hmm. um you don't want them to kind of feel like they're just I, I don't know i feel like a bit of a disconnect between a lot of agencies and stuff that we've done in the past so well you become i mean from for want of a better word, uh, phrase, you become one of many. Like you're not just their sole client. They've got 10, 20, 30, 40 different clients. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. To consider as well. So you're just a, a, another job they've got to get through. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. And this, the, the virtual marketing managers, um, all these virtual people, they, you know, you employ them for a certain amount of hours each week. So they've got to, they commit to a 40 hour week, for instance, mm-hmm. and they might do 20 of that with your business and mm-hmm. 20 with another business. Yeah. Um, they might do full time with your business. It's really up to you and that person to decide. So that's one of the things that I really liked about it was that, all right, cool, I've got this person for 20 hours mm-hmm. a week. And, you know, how can I best utilize them as opposed just to paying someone to run some ads yeah. on Facebook yeah, for you? Okay. Well, leading into Facebook, so tactically, are you running paid advertising as well or how, how are you approaching that? Yeah, it's as you would hear from heaps of people, it's a bit of a minefield social media. If you don't have any idea about it, mm. you can pump a lot of money yes, into it and not, and not hit anything, not yep. hit anything at all. Yep. We've done that. Yeah, um, so have we. We've done that too. Yeah, so... I like I actually find that if you get the organic stuff really good Mm -hmm. in terms of like you're getting people um, commenting on your photos Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. asking you questions and stuff and then you're starting to put money into those kind of posts Mm -hmm. that's always been the the most successful way okay. we've actually in terms of getting so new you leads. wait wait and see what the organic reaches and then um if that's going well you boost it 100 yeah. Yeah. yeah so or if it's not just boosting it like you can obviously start to see what's what people are interested in and things like that and we might try and create some sort of funnel okay. that utilizes that but in the past like I, I've tried a lot of things, like I've done a lot of stuff with click funnels and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if you're not, I'm not a very IT savvy person. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I'll probably really get let down. And uh, yeah, I've just wasted a lot of money and time. Time's the, probably more important to me. Yeah. Um, so that's why having somebody come on that can do those kind of 20 hours a week and I'll go, right, this is not my area of expertise. You can get them to take it after it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just throw it away and say it was a waste of money. I mean, it's we've like I said before, we've tried a lot of things too. We've spent a lot of money in different areas. We kind of view it as more of an education process rather than anything, and it helps 
just helped us refine how we want to approach our marketing moving forward. So, I mean, it's it's you can look at it and go, I've spent this much money here or there and it would be nice to have that back in the business, but you don't know what you don't know. 100%. So. Totally agree with that. And I think, um, you know, we, we have learned a lot from our mistakes. There's mm. no doubt about that. We've, we've hit on some things that we didn't think we'd hit on as well. Like uh, you're just throwing things out. You do feel like a little bit times you're throwing darts. Um, yeah. <laughs> a little bit blind with marketing. You're like, all right, cool. I know this is what I should be doing yeah. or it's meant to look something like this. I'm going to throw a few darts and see yeah. what hits. So yeah. You're in a highly competitive space though. 100%. Yeah. Well, the I fitness industry. big players as well that are spending a lot of money on, on ads so they may price you out of the market as such. And I think that's happened a lot with us. Like you you get wind of some of the money that like through talking to a lot of agencies and stuff and they're like, oh, what's your ad spend? Mm. You know, we've got these companies spending up to 10 grand a month. And I'm like, far out, man, yeah. 10 grand. That's yeah, a, lot that's of, a lot of cash. I'm yeah. not putting that in there. Yeah. It's about being smart, I think. Like I said, we're not looking for, you know, 50 leads a week to come mm. from our social media. It's yep. actually about making sure that what we get is really pre-qualified. We're getting good quality leads and we've got, um, you know, with the Pat Rigsby stuff, we're making sure that we're working the referrals hard. We're, you know, getting out and talking to other businesses. We've built a really good relationship with, you know, Melbourne Sports Physio and Melbourne Podiatry oh, cool. Clinic yep. and um, Yoga Flame. So a lot of other local mm -hmm. businesses, independent businesses, mm -hmm. which we, we get a lot of business from and we give a lot of business yep. too. That's, I think, really important for a new gym owner as well is like have a look what's in and around you and um, see what businesses you know, fit with your values because that's a really important thing when it comes to referrals is like, am I referring this person to somebody that I trust and that fits your values mm. in terms of what health and fitness looks like? Always wondered, um, being a local business, where Hyperbit's a bit different in that we market actively to the whole country, right? We're trying to get gyms and, and clubs all, all around Australia. A, an independent gym or any, any gym is kind of landlocked to a certain radius of their um, facility as such. So you, do you keep that in mind when you're doing your advertising that someone may only want to travel up to, I don't know, 15 kilometres from their home to go yeah. to the gym? Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Like the, the data and the research is very clear on it's not even 15, I think it's about seven, oh, especially right. okay. in dense populations. Yeah. So if you're living in big cities like Melbourne or Sydney or um, places like that, like people aren't going to, I think it's 15 minutes. Yeah, right. right? So okay. the most someone will drive from their home to or workplace, for instance, yep. is about 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I'd even be a little bit inclined to say it's less than that. Yeah. Um, in my experience, if you have a look at, and we've had a look at our, um, radius of all our current clients and where they live and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty close. Yep. So and I mean, you would expect that, wouldn't you? I mean, hundred yeah, percent. Like, yeah. I'm not going to drive for in traffic for 15 minutes myself. To be honest, <laughs> I probably it's five minutes up the road. Yep. I think as well. Like, I think when you're a new gym, until you build up your profile, um, and you know, it's something that we're trying to do as well. Is I'm trying to build up my own independent profile, but also build up my businesses. You know, brand and. Mm -hmm and profile like people are more willing to travel further mm -hmm. for you when you're starting to build a name for yourself yep. at the start you know <laughs> they're you're nobody yeah, really exactly. to a lot of people yeah, so yeah. um you're definitely trying to build that brand up and build that trust with people like all right cool these guys can get me a result yeah and word of mouth i was i talked to a lot of gym owners who say that's still the number one driver in bringing in new clients is 100%. that something that you you find yeah like yeah. i said referrals yeah that, that's like that's what we say word of mouth is yep. really is is like radio call are we doing a good enough job that our clients are talking to their husband their wife their 
you know, their masseuse, their everybody. You just want them, you want raving fans. Yep. Um, so that's something that we're always trying to do. I think it's something that, you know, like I said, we've had clients, I've had clients for five or six years. They've never they've never told me that I think they think that I'm amazing or anything like that. But I think <laughs> the fact that they keep coming back is that's exactly right. The like same thing. If yeah. you keep them um, for a long period of time, I think the average person stays with a gym for about six months, I think it is. And I think a personal trainer is not much longer. So yeah, right. um, I think if you're holding on to your clients for over 12 months, mm. then you're doing a really good job. Mm. And that's what we do. We, we manage to nurture our clients. Um, we make sure we give them a lot of time and attention outside of just their PT sessions, making sure or, you know, they're staying accountable with the things that they said they want to that are important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they stick around a lot longer. And when you do that, they talk to their husband, their wife, you know, um, other people. And that's been really beneficial. So if you could give any advice to somebody who's thinking about starting their own gym, what would it be? I think the, the key, and if I have my time again, we kind of touched on it right at the start, is like go in there with your eyes completely open. So... Um, even if you're someone like me and you've been working in the industry Mm. for a fair amount of time, maybe start talking to other people that are running independent gyms like you because it's a lot different working in a corporate gym where they've got like a big piece of the pie. So they always have these leads coming in. You just assume that people are going to, you know, be on your website and mm, um, mm. do all these other things. Yeah, but you have to actively make people go to your website. <laughs> 100%. So as an independent gym, you're not getting even, you know, 1% of the yeah. traffic, say, like a, yeah. a big corporate gym like Good Life or yeah. Fitness First or something you're getting. So go in there with your eyes open, talk to some independent gym owners and talk about, you know, what sort of things that they, what their day-to-day looks like. You know, maybe they'll give you some ideas of, things that you haven't thought about, i.e. putting a marketing plan together or yep. things that I just didn't have any idea about. Chris, if people want to get in touch with you and find out a little bit more about you and the way you train your clients, how would they do that? Going onto our website, so www.authentichealthstudio.com.au uh, would be the best place. And then through our social media, so they're on Facebook and Instagram, we're pretty active, and they're Authentic Health Studio as well. Both on the same same handle for yep. both platforms? Yeah. yeah cool. yep. All right, awesome. Well, mate, thanks for very much for taking the time to come down in studio. It's nice to have someone back in the studio to do the podcast. We've been doing them on the phone for the last 12 months with COVID yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So really good to uh, look someone in the eye and have a, uh, a good chat. So thanks again, mate. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to be involved in an episode of the Hyperbeat podcast, send an email to info at hyperbeat.com.au or contact us through our social media channels.